Hey there, folks, and welcome to episode 118 of Eddie and Caleb Zerocast. Of course, my name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. That's I am Caleb, and then another B. Follow my friend, co-host, and producer Eddie Cornelison at e d d y c eight five. Follow the show at ec underscore hero, and check out our Instagram ec herocast. The recording date is Monday, July 11, twenty twenty two. And today, you know, uh, you know what? I've I've been working out a lot lately shredding the weight i'm feeling like a real man of steel Ooh, not a yeah. not a uh well i should say are you getting the god bod we're getting there buddy don't even worry about it mm. yeah it's a nod to thor got some, yeah. two russell crowe movies in this weekend yeah i didn't like i'm glad you brought that up yeah russell crowe and uh fat russell crowe yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I mean, of course, the first time I saw Fat Russell Crowe was in Unhinged. Hmm. Good stuff. That was a, uh, it wasn't an email, but, uh, my friend gave us a couple questions for the podcast. Okay, do want... we want to answer them right now? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. So, first one is, uh, about Thor. Basically, what our thoughts were on it. Um, well, we don't want to go into spoiler territory because we're going to review that in like two years. But mm-hmm. <laughs> not two, but yes. Um, now that being said, it depends on your expectation. If you expected comedy, you know, and Taka Watiti is really good at comedy. Um, I really hope I didn't butcher his last name. No. Nope. Um, good. Good. No, he's a very good comedic director, and this didn't miss either. Now, if you wanted serious Thor, Thor 2, like, you weren't going to get that. It wasn't going to happen. No, and I was fine with that. I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, let me think. Well, there was... Yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll review it when we, when we yeah. get to it. But the um, I will say this. There was a post that I just saw to actually yeah today on Facebook and it was from it was from a Facebook group I'm in let me get the exact quote so basically he he some guy just rattled off a list of things about the Marvel movies he doesn't like which you know whatever you don't have to like everything but he started the post by saying the end of the MCU of the MCU is very near. Uh-oh. And uh, my response was, no, it is not. Um, <laughs> like, Thor was number one at the box office, so you know what? The end is not near. For some people, for some reason, two people did the laugh react to it. I don't, I mean, but the point is, like, it's it's not. The end is, is not near. You may not enjoy some of this stuff, but as long as they keep making money, there's going to keep being some of these movies. But also, there's three aces that Marvel has up their sleeve that they have not really used yet. We have one, which is next year, of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Which, look, I don't want to spoil a movie we haven't done yet, but I'm well aware of the reviews. There's never been a good Fantastic Four movie, so Marvel gets a chance at that. Uh 
I'm assuming at some point we're going to get X-Men, and it's been years since we've gotten a good X-Men movie, so Disney Marvel gets a chance at that. And they can always reacquire the Spider-Man rights, so there's a lot more you can do with that character. So, no. The MCU, not dead. That being said, I have no idea what they're building to. The rumors are Secret Wars. I don't... I don't know. Maybe... But we're really, really far away, if that's the case, having read Secret Wars and knowing where we're at now and knowing how Secret Wars starts. also don't know if that's, like, going to be a great movie because it's... I don't know. I don't know how that would translate well to the movie. There's a lot of characters, so I, I wouldn't do it. But, you know, whatever. We'll see. But, uh... Yeah, the end of the MCU, no. I don't think it's we're anywhere near that, as long as they keep making money, which they are. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other question was, mm-hmm. and then we got a third, but we'll save that for next week. Thoughts yeah. on the finale of The Boys Season 3, since we just didn't have the time to do a, a Boys recap this, this season. But we can do one here, I guess, real quick. <laughs> Um, not disappointing, like some people are letting on. I mean, spoiler, Homelander's not dead. Like, did you really think he would be? Like, no, that's a series finale type thing. He's the big bad. You have to keep him alive. Sorry if people got their feelings hurt, I guess. Yeah, people were mad that Butcher didn't want to kill Homelander and wanted to save Ryan. It's like, Butcher would never do that. It's like... The point is his character was growing. Yeah. And that the old Butcher probably would have sacrificed Ryan. Well, the old Butcher, like, didn't he let a baby die in season one? Uh, We didn't confirm that. We didn't confirm that, but we never saw the baby again. Still Will's baby. Yeah, I mean, I I got into it with someone, and his... He did the whole, well, in the comics, well, this is not the comics. I mean, nope. look, in the comics, Soldier Boy's not Homelander's dad. In the comics, Black Noir kills Homelander. Guess well, in what? the comics, <laughs> yeah. In the comics, Black Noir isn't even just random black guy. He's like a countermeasure, a clone yeah, of Homelander. he's a clone of Homelander. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, well, he was mad that Homelander killed Black Noir, He's like, Homelander would never do that. And it's like, yes, he would. The point of Homelander's character is he only cares about himself. He made that very clear. He liked Black Noir because Black Noir was always to be trusted. And then when he wasn't to be trusted, he killed him. Yep. Uh, but as far as the old Butcher, it's like, yes, in the comics, I know, Butcher becomes the ultimate bad guy at the end. And it's like, he ki- uh, Homelander dies and Butcher becomes a soup and tries to kill everybody. This ain't the comics. And honestly, I don't. I think people would not like that. Because TV is different where people want a redemption story, and that's mm-hmm. what Butcher would be. And it's like, you kind of got the feeling, it's like, we we do need to kill Homelander, but I don't know. Not like this. Like, Soldier Boy, no one likes him. <laughs> um, Why don't you gargle my ball sack? Yeah. I mean, I liked the character. He was entertaining, but it's like, you know, MM hated him because he, you know, he's killed his family and, um, he was trying to kill Ryan. So yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, this, it it felt like a cheap way to kill Homelander, even though, yeah, but no, I, I really liked the, the finale, but, uh, I'm hoping next season we get the, uh, they've talked about a spinoff, 
which would be fine, but I'm uh, I'm pulling for the G-Men. I want to see them next season, which okay. is a parody of the X-Men. But oh. supposedly they're going to be a spin-off instead. I don't know. I mean, you could give them a season and then they could integrate them into the boys. That would be okay, but interesting yeah but yeah i really liked it so i don't know yeah good it was good and i'm uh, hyped for season four yeah which is already confirmed after one episode yep yep so this movie was directed by Zack snyder uh we're going into the time capsule real quick number one song by digital download at the time can't hold us by macklemore and ryan lewis great stuff hmm yeah also, this was released on June 14, 2013. Your champions in wrestling, I believe the same as last week, John Cena, WWE champion, Dolph Ziggler, the world heavyweight champion in WWE, Bully Ray was still your TNA champion, and Jay Briscoe, still your Ring of Honor world champion. And real quick, around this time, just two days prior, on June 12th, I started my job at my current employer. You know, nine years, man. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, this one is another basketball game, and don't worry, I know exactly who was playing. Yeah. It was a Heat Pacers playoff game, and it was game six, I believe. I mean, I know the Pacers won. Yeah. And uh, I remember Skip Bayless did, like, one of his famous, like, they should just wrap up. They shouldn't even play game six. Like, Heat have got this. They're going to the final. He did go to the final, but... Yes, and they won the final. Took seven games, not six, Mr. Bayless. So everyone was clowning on Skip that night, including me. And yeah. it was a super fun game. I got, uh, yeah, I still have uh, the shirt from that game, which I sleep in. So, yeah, Heat, uh, Heat Pacers playoff game. I pretty... Uh, I've only I've been to one hockey playoff game, the Blue Jackets and... Red Wings, first ever playoff game for the Blue Jackets. They got killed, as I expected them to. But I got to go to the first one. Can't take that away. And, uh, yeah, first NBA playoff game. First and only one of that. So, pretty fun. Pretty fun. Interesting stuff. That's our that's our time capsule. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think we can get into the, the facts and figures of this film. Also, history with the film. Yes, because I have... I actually have history. It's funny. Uh, my history with the movie actually happened this week, but I'll, I'll do the numbers real quick. Budget two hundred and twenty-five million, big budget, and a box office of six hundred and sixty-eight million. So that puts it. Let me see. It's pretty high. It's pretty high on the list. It's at a uh, number. Where'd it go? Number eleven. So, nope, sorry, number 12, 443 million, inflation, 555.8 million. It is sandwiched in between the two Iron Men, so got a lot of metal. 11, 12, and 13, Iron Man 1, Man of Steel, Iron Man 2. Wow, a lot of men made of metal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I actually saw this with a buddy of mine, and I remember because I drove my gas-guzzling truck to the theater at the time. And yeah, I remember being like, yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, I saw it in the theater as well. And 
it's funny. I I kind of forgot how I felt about it. I think I was had the same reaction where it's like, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. But it's I'm going to hate to say this and now granted I do say this with uh, admitted ignorance of having not seen the 2017 Justice League. This is probably the best DCEU effort until at least Aquaman. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, my memory was a little foggy because I I mean like I knew the reputation of the DC universe wasn't great and yeah. um I mean look, I don't blame DC for trying it. I mean, we just reviewed Avengers and Iron Man 3, both made a billion. So it's like, yeah, I I mean other than this standalone Dark Knight trilogy, which isn't going to return like DC, you should probably do something. So they're like, all right, well, we have an Avengers. It's called the Justice League. We'll start doing that. So they did. And they're like, well, you know, Marvel goes action comedy. We're going to go action dark because it worked for Dark Knight where we got a realistic Batman where he's dark and mysterious. We're going to do that. The same Nolanized movie. Yes, and we're going to do that by hiring Zack Snyder. But here's the problem. It's Superman. Yeah. Well, one thing I'd forgotten, when, and then when I did this on some research, I recalled this movie was very polarizing. All the DC fans were like, oh my gosh, uh, Man of Steel is to Superman what Dark Knight is to Batman. Like... Superman is back. DC is right back in the running, neck and neck with Marvel now. And a lot of other people were like, wow, that movie sucked. (laughs) So, which brings me, which, uh, it's funny. I was responding to a post on Facebook about a movie that we haven't reviewed yet, so I won't say what I said. But I mentioned Superman in the, uh, in the post, I didn't reference this movie, but I mentioned Superman. And the first comment, the reply to me was, "So what? You didn't like Man of Steel? It was awesome." And the comment after that was, or well, I responded with, "Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I guess nothing, you know, it's not bad." And the comment after that was, "I thought Man of Steel sucked." So it's like, "Yep, perfect timing, guys. This is perfect because it encapsulates everything I was remembered." back then about how polarizing this movie was, which I'd forgotten about. And it was a nice reminder, and it's like perfect timing because we're reviewing Man of Steel, so I'm going to use this experience and insert it into the review, which I have just done. And which brings us to our ratings. Again, we got a bit of a split. Critics, 56%. That's an F. And fans, 75%. So, not even not even close to a score, Agami. Nope, nope. No, twenty five or uh sorry, twenty four one. Yeah, twenty one no. Yeah. Nineteen. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, math is hard. So yes, nineteen percentage points away, so not close. Nope. What a shame. Uh, how about uh money? Did this make money? We already did the money. We did already do the money, you're it's right. Between you're the right. Iron Men. Yes. But yes, it made money. But yeah. probably, if I had to guess, probably not as much as they wanted. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Because, yeah, it took a few, 
few years to get another DC movie, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, you know, Iron Man is, you know, you could argue is the first MCU movie. Yeah. It, it did about even with that. It's about two million less. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that is what they, they I guess they could have been happy with that. But I'm guessing they were hoping to keep building and that eventually Justice League would get that billion, which we know doesn't happen. So, yeah, uh, I guess uh, and I take it back. They were probably happy with this because it was right on par with with Iron Man. Although Fair. Iron Man had a five year head start. So and not only that, they also like have basically one guy work in this whole universe until Wonder Woman. So I get it. You can't have Zack Snyder be everywhere all at once. No, no, that's only, uh, I forget the character's name in the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Sully. Yeah, I knew he was going to do that when I heard this big semi driving down the street. (laughs) Good stuff, man, good stuff. So, cast? Cast. Cast, indeed. Big one. Yeah, who all do we want to talk about? Well, um... I mean, I guess we can do uh, a couple shout-outs. We have Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White. Shout-out. Love shout it. Shout-out. And um, I guess we could also shout-out Kevin Costner as old Jonathan Kent. Uh, I liked his death in the original Superman better. Yeah, I've got some thoughts on that, that <laughs> John was- Kent. <laughs> That was stupid, and him, like, admonishing Clark for saving the bus full of children. (laughs) Stupid. Kevin Costner as John Kent is a great casting choice. The dialogue and the actions that the character made were very puzzling. I wonder if he went back to the ranch after he uh, died in that uh, tornado. I don't know. Maybe he went to go be the general manager for the Browns. Maybe. Maybe he went to uh, build a baseball field in Iowa. Mm, that could be. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, shout out Diane Lane as Martha Kent. Who? Uh, yeah. Why, why are you saying that name? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Martha's, uh, Martha's going to have to look for a new job. I noticed she worked at Sears, which doesn't exist anymore, so... Yeah. Wonder what she's up to. Definitely a time capsule, man. Um, what, saving her uh, grandson or whatever? What was that in Leave Me Alone? Wait, what? Leave Me Alone? Let him go. Oh, let him go. That's what you called it, Leave Me Alone. <laughs> That's right. Leave Me Alone. That'd be the name of my movie, Leave Me Alone. Yeah. 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 Let Me Sleep would be the name of mine. Yeah, but yeah, speaking of Sears, this movie had some big-time product placement. Oh, so, yeah, we should be live-streaming this episode from IHOP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could go with some... Um, I'm a big fan of the 2 by 2 by 2 at IHOP. I bet you are. You know, at Denny's, they call that a Grand Slam. Hmm. Well, when I go to IHOP, I often like to take a photo of my food with my awesome Nikon camera. I don't know oh if my. you noticed, Lois uses the Nikon camera. Yeah. 
and then uh, which I bought at Sears. Of course, yes. And uh, you know, after a hard day of work and taking photos, I like to get a slushy at the Seven Eleven. What? Oh my God, <laughs> dude! We're recording on July 11th, my dude. Oh yeah. Well, hey, how about that? That's uh, there was a Seven Eleven in this for sure. Never forget. Mm-hmm. No, never. <laughs> it's like it's three things I, I I always remember. One, my dad. Two, Seven Eleven. Three, the Alamo. That's fair. Yeah, you got to remember the Alamo. Um, <laughs> I think that was all the product placement. I, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think sounds so. about right. I kind of want IHOP now, but. Every time I go to one, no matter where it is, the service is so slow. Dude, no, IHOP service is always bad. It's like a staple. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that wasn't the case, because I like their food. I like their food in a pinch, but rarely, you know? Yeah. Well, now it's too late. It's buried in my head. I want it. See, this is why, I mean, I was just talking with someone at work today, um, because, uh... A lot of people at my work are based in Pittsburgh. I was like, wow, Heinz Field. It's, what is it now? It's some crap, some insurance company that I've never heard of that's not even based in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, they were like, and I wonder how much that, I wonder how much people actually get a return on investment for naming stadiums. And now here we are. Nine years later, this investment in Man of Steel has made me want IHOP. I think I'm going to get IHOP for dinner tonight because yeah. of this movie. And nine years later, Sears is, like, bankrupt. Yeah. I think there's – well, there's still Sears Appliance Repairs. I believe that, but – I think that's just, like, an offshoot, and <laughs> you can buy stuff online from them. But, uh, yeah. yeah, not not the giants they once were. No. No, anyway. you're uh, right. So – who do we, are there three people we want to talk about on the main cast? Uh, I would throw in Russell Crowe as Jarrell. Oh uh, yeah, he had a much Ru- bigger role than the other Jarrell who just died five minutes into the movie. Yeah, I mean no, this one did too, but and then and then he uh, his spirit came through as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was fine. Uh, I saw him in two movies in 2013. The other was Les Mis, and he was much better in this one. I I liked him a lot. I thought um, I I really enjoyed him as the the AI, I guess. Yeah. On the ship guiding Lois around, I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought he was uh, pretty good and like and and again a good a good casting choice. I think uh, Russell Crowe, Kevin Costner, both good fatherly figures for old Clark. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Let's see. How about Michael Shannon as General Zod? Weird casting, but oddly enough, I think it worked. Yeah, it's not who I would have chosen, but it was it was pretty good. I mean, there were there were times when I would watch him and, I mean, look, he was better in this than Jonah Hex, but but there were times when I watched him, and it's like, eh, I don't know. He seems like he's bored, and then he'll just 
he'll be like, oh, let me compensate for that boredom and just, like, yell my lines. So, uh, <laughs> but it, it oddly enough made for a entertaining, I guess, performance. So, I can't yeah. be upset about that. No, you're right. I'll see you're him, right. uh, I'll see him in a couple weeks in uh, Bullet Train. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Bullet Train. What a movie. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I can tell by the trailer it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Michael Shannon. Like I said, interesting choice, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. How about old Double A, Amy Adams as Lois Funny Lane? Story. I have a cousin named Amy Adams. Oh. Yeah. Not 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 joking. Like that's actually real. Um, not, not her, obviously, not the actress, but, you know. No, I would hope that you could get way. her on if it was. Yeah, of course, of course. That should have been the move. We should have been, oh, we got Amy Adams on this one. Um. <laughs> the hot girl. Either way. She's in the office um, as the hot girl. Either way, I liked, uh, I, I thought this was a good, good choice for sure. I thought she uh, played the role pretty well. Uh, much better than, oh, who was it? Oh my God, I can't place her name. In the original Superman movie. The original or Superman Returns? What do you mean? Well, I mean, Superman Returns technically is a sequel to Superman 4. Uh, definitely, like, okay, no, she's definitely better than Kate Bosworth. (laughs) Um, I'm talking about 78 and, uh, the second one. Oh, um... Yeah, I let me look. Oh my gosh. Superman movie original that would be Margot Kidder. Yes. Yes. Uh I think the Amy Adams performance was a little better, but also I think the Margot Kidder problems with the Margot Kidder performance was more more like a uh problem of the time, I guess. Like hers was kind of hammy here and there. Like especially in Superman two when she dives into the into Niagara Falls. <laughs> that was so stupid. Um, yeah. Well, I gotta ask, Jenny Blake's yeah. standard. Where's Lois Lane? This Lois Lane. This Lois Lane. She's not hapless. Uh, if you know, like we said, we've established Doctor Chase Meridian is like a one on the <laughs> standard, and of course Jenny Blake is a ten on the standard. I'd put her around like a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. I, again, this movie was cast very well, and Amy Adams is no exception. Yeah. But it goes back to writing and what the character did. Now, early on, I liked a lot of the stuff, but then there were, it just, it felt like they tried, uh, they had too many things where she needed saving, where it just felt like they forced that into the movie. So, for instance, I mean, I like the scene where she's escaping the ship with the help of uh, Jarrell. Yeah. She's, you know, doing cool stuff, using a gun and shooting, uh, you know, these aliens. And she gets in the escape pod. But then it's like the escape pod needs saving. And for some reason that I don't even know, she was on the uh, plane to... Uh, destroy one of the big uh, machines and 
she flies out of the plane because she needed saving. So it's like, it just felt like they needed to shoehorn in, like, well, we need Superman to save her at least two times. And it's like, neither of these times, like, what if, like why, why couldn't the escape pod just work? Like, why did Superman need to fix, save it? And why the hell was she on a military plane, which by all accounts looked like a suicide mission? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. But, uh, she did well. Just the character made some weird decisions, and she had one line, which I will save for later, which was really horrendous. But again, that's the writing, not her. Yeah. Which brings us to the main event: Henry Cavill as Kal-el, as Clark First Kent, off. as Superman. First off, it's Cavill. I say Cavill. It's Henry Cavill. Oh, whatever. Wait, this guy looks like Superman. Oh yeah. Like, like when they cast, it's like, yes, this guy, this is Superman for sure. And beyond that, it's like he's he's a serviceable actor, which is all you need. Yeah, I mean, the my big problem with this character, I mean, he looked like him, which is great. Yeah. I didn't. There wasn't a lot of emotion like i don't know i don't feel like i know a lot about clark kent and i think the jumping back and forth between adulthood and childhood was was a mistake uh i wouldn't have done it that way i also i don't know the origin i i like that it was something different that he that he met lois before working at the daily planet like that okay it's something different i like that but I don't know. I feel like we never really got to know who Clark was. It's just like we got to make him this brooding dark character because it worked for Dark Knight. And I feel like they should have given his character just some depth because I didn't sense any. No, you're right. You're right. And that's not on him. That's on the writing. Yeah, that's true. But no, I thought Henry Cavill was fine, and I hope to see him return as Superman, which isn't he supposed to? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Good. But yeah, like, I, I approve of the casting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the casting for everybody was great. It's just a lot of it was uh, the script, I think. Yeah. Uh, wasn't great, but um, let me see. Oh, rumored. Well, um, let me see. One of the. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to get into shape for this, he was consuming nearly 5,000 calories a day and oh training for over two hours. Jeez. 5,000 calories a day sounds delicious, though. It does, but at the same time, it's like you're, you're just eating, man. You know who is considered for the role? We'll see next week. Old Army Hammer. We will see next week. I've got some bad news in that regard at the end of the episode, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. The fact that it's what we're seeing is the bad news. <laughs> oh, I have uh, bad news related to that, but yeah. I know, um, I, know, I know what it is. Okay. Good. Um, with that considered, I, I think we're ready to go to the plot, right? Mm-hmm. 
So we open with a woman giving birth on the planet Krypton. And we see old tree hugger Jor-El. He's going on about, see, I told you so. We keep harvesting the planet and we're going to kill it. And the planet is now weeks away from death. And um, it's weird. If the planet is weeks away from death, which, by the way, it is. We see that. This council seems still in denial of this. <laughs> and, yeah. like, if, okay, let's take someone, you know, God forbid, uh, someone has cancer. If you're told you have cancer, you might be like, you have a year to live. You might still look okay. Like, yeah, he looks still pretty normal. Maybe he's lost a few pounds. When you're weeks away from death through cancer, it's like, Ooh, he does not look good. It's not looking good. And when you go outside and look at this planet, like, I don't know how the council could be any dumber. Like, well, it's, I I still don't think we need to take any rash measures here. Let's just wait and see what happens. Like, (laughs) no, your planet's like literally on fire. So, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, in comes old General Zod. He storms the capital, and he takes over, basically saying, we're going to do things my way now, and he asks Jor-El to join him. But uh, Jor-El says no, and uh, has, Zod has Jor-El arrested. So while being taken to prison, Jor-El escapes. He makes his way outside, where we see like a full-on war, which, uh, again, this is like... You just look outside, Council, and you can see that your planet looks looks like crap. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's on fire. There's a war going on as if that it doesn't help things. So, anyway, um, so Jarrell flies off on a dragon, which, okay. And he, he goes home to his wife. Or, sorry, he first he grabs some device, uh, which is like a skull, I guess. And he rides the dragon back to his house. He disintegrates the skull into the baby, which is, I don't yeah. you know. And he sends the pod to a, uh, he, well, he programs the pod. He's like, I'm going to send it to this planet. And his wife, Laura, is like, oh, won't, won't he be really weak there? And he's like, oh, on the contrary, he'll be treated like a god. And Zod and his troops bust in. Jarrell tells Zod that they had a son, the first natural birth on Krypton in centuries. Which I thought. So wait a minute. Do the people just never have sex, or what's the deal? Like everyone's sterile. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Except yeah. Jarrell apparently. Yeah. So Zod tells him he's like heresy. <laughs> And he tells him, uh, you know, abort this launch because the Codex is the future of Krypton. But Laura sends the pod anyway. Zod kills Jarrell. Sad. R.I.P. to a real one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be back in hologram form. Like in like an hour, yeah. So Zod orders the pod destroyed, but a bunch of Krypton military arrest him, and he is sentenced to 300 cycles in the Phantom Zone. Instead of a 2D box, he's, like, frozen. <laughs> I, I, I prefer the 2D box. I do, too. I do, too. I like them, you know, floating around in the ether, just thinking, oh! Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. 
But uh, he keeps screaming, like, I will find him, over and over and over again. Yes. And then, uh, I guess just a few weeks later, I don't know, but uh, Laura's just standing, looking out the window, and her planet blows up. Yeah. So, uh, good job, Council. You you really managed to do the worst possible job. <laughs> you really bonered this one. I mean, you had one job. Don't let the planet blow up, and uh, you let it blow up. Yeah. Then we cut to a fishing boat, because why not? Yeah. And we this this is uh, one of the parts I had trouble with, where it's like, so Clark's just a grown up now. Like the the order was a little strange. It's like, oh, so we're just skipping the part where he's in high school and everything. Like, what's going on here? We're just skipping the part where he lands on Earth. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's on the, you know, he's out fishing. And he saves some people on an oil rig that was on fire. But, uh, and of course they see him hold up this big uh, piece of metal that's flaming. And they're like, oh, wow, how's that possible? Well, then he falls into the water and dies. And the movie ends. Actually, no, he just has a flashback to his childhood where he first discovers his powers. He gets like a sensory overload. He runs away. And then we see him on a uh, school bus, which crashes off a bridge, as school buses often do. Yes, of course. And Clark... I remember the first time my school bus crashed off a bridge. Yeah. And uh, Clark pushes it to shore and saves a bully. Yeah. And then later on, yes... Amy Adams, let's go to IHOP. Well, later on, we see John Kent scolding Clark for using his powers, and Clark is like, should I let that kid die? And he says, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So, that's great advice, Paw Kent. Maybe. Uh, I liked you better when you had a heart attack out of nowhere. Yeah, I... What a line. How that got approved. <laughs> like. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, John then tells him he's an alien and shows him the pot he came in. Hmm. Well, Clark had enough of doing the the fishing life, so now he's going to tend bar. So he's, uh, I guess he's maybe just a waiter, but yeah, there's a guy who's bullying him and uh, throwing drinks on him. And Clark just has to take it, and then Clark, uh, the bully, then goes outside and sees his semi impaled on a telephone pole. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he can't even be mad. He's like, how did this happen? Yeah, or he was just like, well, I I don't own the semi, so it's not my problem. Yeah. So now, old odd job Clark is uh, doing something else. He's going to help out at an Arctic dig. <laughs> so, uh, this is where we meet Lois Lane, who shows up. The dig site is investigating something buried under the ice. And at night, Lois sees Clark climbing into this crater, so she follows him. Turns out it's an old ship from Krypton, buried in the ice. And Clark inserts a piece from his necklace, which was put on his pod by his old man. And we get a hologram of his dad. Lois follows him, takes a picture of the ship, but this giant robot doesn't like the Flash. And uh, from the Nikon camera, by the way, and attacks her. Uh, then the Nikon camera falls to the ground. But you notice it didn't break, because Nikon cameras are tough. Absolutely they are. So, yeah, Lois uh, was getting attacked by this robot, and Clark saves her, but uh, 
he notices that uh, she got a bad cut during this, and he uses the uh, his heat vision, and then Lois just wakes up in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> which was a weird place to drop her off, and she writes a story about the ship that crashed was an alien ship and her rescuer. It's like, but his info was fake, and then he's vanished, so maybe he's an alien too. She presents this story to Perry White, who tells her, I'm not printing this because this is re- just utter insanity. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, to be fair, uh, I have to side with Perry. I would not print that either. Exactly. But she'll later on leak it to some Alex Jones guy who will put it on his yeah. website. Yeah. So back at the ship, Clark is talking with his dad's hologram, who tells him... All about his origin. Basically, recap what we just saw 45 minutes ago. And he then presents him with the Superman suit and says the big S is a symbol for hope. Hope starts with an H, stupid. Well, not on Krypton. Uh, yeah. On this planet, this air makes me strong. So Lois does some digging and finds out everywhere Clark has been. People have weird stories whenever he leaves. About all this stuff he did, and she finally tracks him down via the IHOP that we mentioned. Yeah, who doesn't love IHOP, man? Go in there, get get you a get you a bacon temptation omelet and some hash browns with cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they finally she finally tracks down Clark at his dad's grave. I don't know how she knew he'd be there, but and she said he says. Uh, <laughs> Plastic intuition, sir. Yeah. Well, she says, hey, let me tell your story. And Clark says, you know, my dad said if people knew my secret, they'd be scared. So we cut to John Kent driving near a tornado. And John runs around telling people to head to the overpass to seek shelter. He tells Clark to do the same. I don't know why he wouldn't just say, hey, Clark, you run around and make sure everybody's safe. Because the tornado wouldn't even be able to lift you up, so... Yeah. <laughs> Instead, yeah. old stupid John decides he's going to do it. And he uh, he saves a dog in a car, but he also has to, like... He gets stuck in the car, so he has to, like, break his leg to get out. And he's hobbling towards the overpass, and Clark's about to save him. And John just waves him off, and then he gets sucked into the tornado. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you had to, like, use your super speed to go over there and grab him and pull him back, but, um... Do something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you had time to run over there and pull the door open or something, I don't know. This is very weird. So, Clark tells Lois, I let my dad die because I trusted him that the world wasn't ready. But, uh, you know, the world will be ready, like, in a... You know, a couple days from now, so uh, I guess he died for nothing. So we cut to Lois telling Perry that she's dropping the story, because it already got leaked. And back in Smallville, they don't call it Smallville, but we know it is, Clark tells his mom that he found his parents, and he knows where he came from. Then we cut to General Calvin Swanwick, a.k.a. Martian Manhunter, if you watch the Snyder Cut. And, oh yeah, he learns that there's a UFO entering the Earth's atmosphere. And the UFO takes over all the TVs, 
with a horrible image that is like indecipherable. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Like you have the ability to take over all the TVs but not have a clear image. Yeah, it's pure static. It's really odd. Yes. <laughs> but the sound comes in crystal clear too. Of course uh, it does. They haven't yet mastered video on uh, Krypton. Or pardon me, on uh, Zod's ship. It reminds me, I, I used they're to have a plastic... Using, they, they were, it's 2013, they were still using component cables at the time. They no. hadn't yet moved on to HDMI. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, back when I was a kid, my first TV in my bedroom was black and white with rabbit ears. Oh and... my god, rabbit ears, dude. I watched a Super Bowl on that. Yeah, I mean, most of the time I got it to where the both would come in clear, the sound and the picture, but I remember one day it was either or. Like, the picture was clear, but it was static. Or if I moved it, it would be static, but crystal clear sound. So that's what this reminded me of, was that one day trying to watch Fox Kids after school, and it's, like, static, and I'm like, well, this sucks. I I can't really enjoy either, so... Not anyway, a good time. Yeah, Zod's using rabbit ears, so he uh, he says, you know, uh, people of Earth, uh, you've been holding one of our citizens. And... Are are you doing a President Obama impersonation right now? No, it just kind of happened. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, people of Earth, uh, <laughs> hold my citizens. Uh, he uh, he doesn't uh, quite look like you. Or he uh, looks. He looks not, like you. Yeah, acts he, like you. He's Might not be one. your next door neighbor. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Mark could you Joe Biden be like, uh, people of Mars, who uh, uh, repeat Here. line. I don't know. Yeah. End quote. I, uh, <laughs> could do Trump. Could do Trump. Be like, uh, yeah, this. Uh, I can't do a Trump impersonation. So, but I can hey, do listen, this I guy. I wish it was a smoking hot girl, but instead it's some dude. I can do the mannerism, the the speech pattern, and what you do is like you say a you say a thing, and then you say that you said that thing. Like, yeah. yeah, this Superman guy, he's... He's, uh, he's really tremendous. He's a tremendous guy. He's not as super as guy. I am, but he is very super. I saw this guy, and I said, this guy is really something. He's He might be hanging out at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know. I would if I was an alien. That's the best place on Earth. It's tremendous. Try the crab legs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, was a, that was a weird tangent we just went on. Yeah, do George Bush next. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> if you don't um, have one, we can just move I don't up have one. forward. I don't have one. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, Zod's like, hey, you know, he's uh, return him to me or suffer the consequences. So, people, uh, people of Earth have figured out Lois Lane knows who it is because uh, the leak story from Alex Jones. And yeah. they go after her. And she's like, ah, I'm not gonna dis- I'm not gonna tell you my sources, like a true journalist should. Exactly. Uh, so Superman shows up though, and he's like, I'll surrender as long as Lois is safe. So Superman talks to Lois and tells her that uh, they arrest him, which is funny because he's in handcuffs, which he easily breaks. Yes. Yeah. He's like, you know, the S stands for hope, and she says, Well, I think it should stand for Superman. Well, she's about to, and then. There's an interruption, and anyway, Zod yeah. shows up, sends uh, Feora, who we remember from the second Superman movie. Feora yeah. and the the big dude who uh, is unnamed in this movie. Yeah. But there is a 
there's there's Zod, Feora, and then the big dude who's well in the in Superman two he was non was his yeah, name yeah that's right non he's not non he's unnamed but there's others but those are the main three I don't even think non takes his mask off in this one I don't think so so uh, yeah Feora is the right hand woman of Zod and she comes to retrieve Superman but she also requests Lois to come aboard for a reason that I'm sure will be explained. <laughs> they first say no and then she agrees and in space Superman gets sick and collapses and he wakes up in like a simulation I guess I don't know <laughs> it's like and then Zod's there and he's like uh, you know they woke up uh, when Krypton was destroyed so like I like that he gets banished for like a couple weeks Krypton blows up, the aftershock frees him from his prison. So it's like, I feel like he got a pretty great deal with that, where it's like the people of Krypton all blew up, and he just had to spend a couple weeks frozen. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad trade-off. Yeah, I mean, he's alive, so. Yeah. Krypton leaders are, say what you will about any president we've had, they haven't destroyed America to where it burst into flames and cease to exist. So we got that. Yeah. We're not. We didn't. We didn't elect Krypton leaders who are clearly inferior. Hey, I didn't. I didn't vote for him. I didn't either. Apparently, neither did Jor-El or Zod. Yeah, exactly. They both hated him. I'm, I'm thinking of that scene in uh, Holy Grail when uh, they're talking to King Arthur, and he's like, "I didn't vote for you. <laughs> Help! I'm being repressed." Exactly. Yeah, a good stuff. Movie. Actually, it was... Well, never mind, I'll save it. Uh, so, there's like, yeah, but we, uh, you know, we kind of scrounged around for a while. We even found this world machine, or not a world machine, a world engine. And uh, then you activated the ship and uh, it showed up on our ship. And we figured, hey, that must be uh, Kal-El. It, it must was. be. And he's like, you know, we've decided we're going to make Earth the new Krypton. And he's Superman's like, well, what about the people on Earth? And Zod's like, well, we gotta we gotta build it on something. So unfortunately, they'll all be dead. Yes. So, uh, I kind of like the plan, you know, rebuild Krypton and use Earth as like a template. But first, you gotta wipe out everything first. Yeah, it's not a bad plan. It's not bad. So let me cut to the Jarrell hologram, who's helping Lois escape from the ship, uh, and telling her how, and send. Uh, he also says, "Here's what you got to do to send them back to the Phantom Zone. Make sure you tell Superman." And Superman also escapes. He saves Lois, whose pod was crashing to Earth. Which again, it's like, of course, got to save Lois. Exactly. And General Zod and his crew show up. And find the ship that Clark was in, but the Codex isn't there. It should have been his house in Smallville. And <laughs> he threw a truck through Martha's house. <laughs> so Superman attacks them, and Zod's mask breaks, and he has sensory overload like we saw with Clark earlier in the movie. And Zod's ship comes and saves them, but Feora and, I guess, Nan... Uh, they stay behind and fight Superman, and 
the military shows up and they target Superman and the two Kryptonian invaders. And we get what I think is uh, probably definitely the best scene in the movie. It's a great action scene, great battle. Uh, I encourage you all to go look at it and watch it. It's pretty awesome. It's, uh, you know, Superman attacking these invaders. Feora's doing, like, super cool, like, uh, speed attacks. I don't know what else to call them. And, you know, they're crashing through the 7-Eleven and the IHOP. The military are getting pummeled by Nons throwing trucks at them. And in the battle, Superman manages to kind of incapacitate Feora when the military launches a missile at them. Uh, so, pretty cool stuff. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Back on the ship, some scientist nerd tells Zod that the Codex was bonded with the cells of Kal-El. And Zod asks, does he need to be alive to extract the Codex? He says, no. So Zod then releases the two world engines, one over Metropolis and the other one over the Indian Ocean. So the opposite sides of the world. And Hey, why wouldn't this... What? That is odd. What is odd? Just lie to him. Be like, uh, yes. What's that now? <laughs> what are you talking no, about? No, I'm saying, why wouldn't the scientist... Are you not listening? I am. Okay. Um... What I'm, I'm thinking is, why didn't the scientist lie to Zod and be like, uh, yeah, actually, you do need to leave him alive. Why would he want to do that? I don't know, because... Well, he wanted to they wanted to kill him. It's easier. They, he already escaped once. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Okay, I was confused. Pardon me. Okay. Well, the scientist on Earth... Well, by the way, the, the world machine... Uh, it basically lifts everything up around it and then drops it over and over again <laughs> yeah. as it shoots these big energy blasts into the ground. So uh, the scientists on Earth figure out, oh, they're trying to change this planet into Krypton by changing the atmosphere and everything. And uh, yeah. So. Also, shout out to Michael Kelly for making like his fourth appearance on the podcast, man. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, he, uh, what? Chronicle, Unbreakable, uh, Defendor, and Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna try and catch Samuel L. I don't think he will. I don't think he will, but for a character actor, he's, he's done pretty good. Mm hmm. So Superman tells the military, I'll stop the uh, engine over the Indian Ocean, you know, with no civilians around, because it's easier. I didn't mind that. I know some people criticize that. Like, why didn't he want the one with the, all the civilians? Why did he pick the one in the middle of the ocean? I yeah. took it as he would get there quicker, but uh, I can see why people would find that funny. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, the military is going to stop the one over Metropolis. So uh, he uses, like, a piece. I didn't quite understand this, but he's like, you guys can use a piece of my ship and... You have to use my necklace thingy, punch it in, uh, like push the button, which apparently only Lois can do, because that's why they brought her aboard, which I didn't understand, but whatever. Uh, and it's like, yeah, this will activate the Phantom Zone and send Zod and all his people back. So, whatever. So the military is about to attack the uh, world engine, 
is uh, destroying Metropolis. And during this, Perry White's like, all right, everybody, let's get out of the building. Like, it's like, buddy, I'd have been gone an hour ago. Like, exactly. I don't know what you're waiting on. Um, well, Superman manages to destroy the engine over India after some difficulty with the big robotic arms that it has. And Feora boards the plane with the, I don't know, was it a bomb or something to send the invaders back to the Phantom Zone? But, uh, again, for some reason, Lois is on this plane, which uh, seems illegal. And uh, yeah. the plane crashes into the engine over Metropolis. Lois is the only one who flies out of the plane. Everybody else dies, including Feora. And uh, Superman, of course, saves her and everybody else. Actually, no, she didn't die. She went back to the 2D box. Huh. Uh, and the nerd scientist and non but, uh, yeah, Superman saves Lois, and uh, it's funny. <laughs> the uh, when he lands, and this is the really bad line, they have a kiss, and Lois says, you know, they say it's all downhill after the first kiss. Oh, my God. No, Lois, nobody says that. <laughs> it's all uphill after the first kiss. You know, you know what's great? Um... Uphill. That, that that's so much better than I hunch. <laughs> I think that's probably the worst line we've seen though. They say it's all downhill because no, they don't. No, no one's ever said that. They might say it's all downhill after the first time you have sex. That could be a saying. Yeah. But the first kiss, like no, no one you says just, that. You made that up. A lot of people have their first kiss on their first date, so like, I don't. No one says that, Lois. Nobody. Yeah, Lois. You're not... I don't know. For a reporter, you're a pretty bad wordsmith. Yeah. So, with Metropolis basically half gone, uh, <laughs> Zod did not make the trip back to the Phantom Zone, somehow. And he tells Superman, you know, you destroyed the only hope of building a new Krypton. And that was my life's work, was to protect Kryptons, and I'm going to kill you. So the two fight... Zod kicks a LexCorp uh, Easter egg semi-truck at him. And the two keep fighting. They end up in space, and they crash into Grand Central Station. And Superman has Zod in a chokehold, and Zod says, If you love these people so much, you can mourn them. So Zod activates his heat vision, laser vision, whatever. He turns it on this family, which doesn't decide to move for some reason. And he... Is about to laser this family to death, but Superman then snaps his neck, he kills Zod, and uh, afterwards Superman kneels next to, not before Zod, and yells, No! Which, of course, I hate. No one's ever done that. And, of course, Lois shows up to hug him. So, Zod being killed with a neck snap. Hated it. <laughs> yeah. I will say... I liked the idea that Superman is kind of like Batman and that he doesn't want to kill anyone. Yeah. He didn't in this movie, except Zod. He didn't want to kill anyone. He was taught better. Actually, no, he wasn't. He was taught to not save people. Exactly. I can't, I can't even say he was taught better. But he didn't want to kill Zod. You could tell that. But it's like, 
these two just smashed through like a million buildings. They landed. They were in space. They crashed to Earth. He kicked uh, the big semi truck at him, but his neck breaks just like a human's. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Superman. I, they're both Kryptonian. I mean, this might be a little violent, but why couldn't Superman just like bust out his heat ray or his laser eyes? Just zap Zod in the back of the neck, look at like he's going into like overload, and then you see Zod like you don't see his head come off, but like it's implied. Like that would have been cool. And if it's like, okay, I would believe that. I don't believe that Zod I don't believe that you can just snap someone's neck like that. Wouldn't I mean it's like Lois got tossed earlier by a robot and had like a life threatening cut just because she landed wrong on something. I mean, it's like, that happens. I mean, Bob Saget bumped his head and it killed him. So yeah. it's like, these things can happen. Like, minor injuries that look minor can be big. But it's like, if you're literally made of steel, I don't know. I feel like your neck should be able to withstand being twisted. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. And then the big no-yo hated that, of course. <laughs> but, like, I didn't need the no-yo, because it's like, yeah, the death was anticlimactic, but it's like, I at least got it, where it's like, okay, he didn't want to kill Zod, but he had to, or else his family, which decided not to move, would be dead. Could have been shot better, could have had a cooler death, but could have not said no. Yeah. But overall, you know, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs in the middle final fight yeah and of course we got the the teaser for the next villain which was um something bizarre, a bizarre casting choice to say the least for sure for sure a few days later superman destroys a satellite uh like okay let's just jump into a comedy scene very strange <laughs> Yeah. And he brings it down in front of General Sandwick, and he's like, hey, look, uh, can't spy on me. That's rude. And uh, you just have to take my word for it that I'm going to be doing the... I'm going to be a good guy. And then uh, he's like, well, okay. <laughs> and then Ma Kent asks Clark, uh, you know, what are you going to do now? And he says, well, I'm going to get a job where I can keep my ear to the ground, and I'm just going to become a reporter for the Daily Planet because I'm qualified to do that with my years of working on a fishing boat and a, yeah. a waiter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Lois introduces herself. I did like this. Uh, she says, hi, I'm Lois Lane. Welcome to the planet. Uh, get it? Good stuff. Because he's not from here. Exactly, yeah. And roll credits, and no post credit scene. I guess the post credit scene was the LexCorp truck. I suppose. I don't know. They still have they still have some things to learn. Mm -hmm. It's their first attempt. Cut them some break. Cut them, cut them some slack. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, how how does DC do with their first attempt at the uh, DC universe? There were some obvious flaws in here, but by and large, this wasn't awful. Um, the action was pretty good for the most part. The death of Zod was, of course, anticlimactic, as you had said. Product placement was pretty blatant. Yeah. I'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10. 
Six and a half. Well, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, for a first, for a first go, it wasn't bad. There was a, I mean, the action was great. I mean, it's funny because a lot of people hated it and a lot of people loved it. I'm with you. I give it a six and a half. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I could see why people hated it. Yeah. But I can also see why people loved it. I would have liked more depth with Clark. I would have liked uh, the better depth with Zod. And uh, maybe a little better order of the, uh, the the timeline, I think, would have been good. But it, I enjoyed that they retold the, the story a little bit. It wasn't just Clark lands on Earth, meets Lois, becomes a reporter at the Daily Planet. It's like, that doesn't happen until the end. So that was different. I liked that, that they didn't just redo the first movie, essentially. But uh, the big problem was they had characters just do some really dumb things, especially Jonathan Kent <laughs> a couple yeah. times. Uh, Clark with the no, that was dumb. Lois with her stupid line. Lois being on a plane for no reason. Just some weird decisions that were made. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, anyway, I will say this. One thing's for sure. This week, we learned that you do not tug on Superman's cape. We already know that you don't spit in the wind. And next Mm -hmm. week, we will learn... That you do not pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger. And of course you don't mess around with Jim, but that goes without saying. You don't mess around with Jim, of course. Next week, guys, Lone Ranger, and unfortunately, your boy has to rent this. You can't stream this with a subscription anywhere. (laughs) Doesn't it just add to your rage of this movie? (laughs) It kind of does. It kind of does. And here it's got like a two and a half hour runtime. Yep. I've uh, I've reserved it at the library. It so far has not come in yet. Uh, let me let me check my Blu-ray. No, I didn't buy one. Thank God. Although yeah. at this point, thank God, I'm gonna spend four dollars just to rent this for two days. Man, how about that though? Seven Eleven. Yep. And we recorded on Seven Eleven, and yep. then the song "Don't Mess Around with Jim." We're doing Superman and Low Ranger back to back. That's yep. pretty good. That is pretty good. I agree. But yeah, Lone Ranger. Whew. I've uh, I've heard nothing but negativity about this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never seen it, pass. so uh, we'll see. You know, maybe I'll be surprised. This is a real Jonah Hex situation where the only thing I've ever heard was bad. Haven't heard a lot, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, 2013. My God, what a what a year! Like. <sighs> yeah, what a year. What a year. But, I, hey, I'll say this. When we were looking at 2013, and I said there was the oasis in this desert, I'm a little pleasantly surprised that at least Iron Man 3 and Man of Steel both got six and a halfs from me. That's decent. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's passable. Yeah. So this, I mean... You know, G.I. Joe Retaliation was rough, but uh, so far, three movies into this year, it hasn't been as bad as I thought. But yeah. uh, next week's the real test. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, folks, we're going to get out of here. We thank you for listening. And to quote uh, Colonel Nathan Hardy, <laughs> a good death is its own reward.
myself, fuck everyone else. Gotta remember that nobody's better than anyone else here. Look what they do to you, look what they do to me. You must be joking if you think that either one is free. Drought. 